food bloggers. Hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. Hold on to your seats, people, or whatever you have nearby, because you're going to need to hold on to something before you listen to this episode. It is a little bit mind-blowing. Ryan Allen joins me from Slow Cooker Meals, and he talks about how he monetized his blog and got 100,000 page views in 45 days. I'm not kidding. He uses a strategy or a handful of strategies, but one of the main ones he uses has to do with Facebook groups and posting consistently in those to get traction and traffic. That's all I'm going to say. You have to listen to the episode to get all the gold. This is episode number 415, sponsored by Rank IQ. Hello, my favorite people. Let's chat quick about some ways eBlog Talk can help you ditch the overwhelm, manage your time feel connected, and prioritize that seemingly never-ending stream of tasks, platforms, and algorithm changes we're faced with. The eBlog Talk Mastermind Program is our signature offering and the best investment you will make in your blogging business. This is a transformative 12-month experience that will help you achieve your goals faster than you ever thought possible. Join the waitlist for 2024 groups. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash mastermind to get in on that. If the mastermind program is on your dream board, but you aren't quite ready to make that investment in your business yet, the next perfect step for you might be the Eat Blog Talk Mini Minds. This six-month program is designed to help you achieve your goals and overcome any obstacles that may be holding you back so you can experience the freedoms you're yearning for. Join the waitlist for groups starting in Q4 of 2023 at eatblogtalk.com forward slash mini minds. And if you are ready to learn, grow, and build relationships in person, join me and a handful of your fellow food bloggers at an upcoming Eat Blog Talk retreat. This is a great opportunity to convene in an intimate setting to learn, collaborate, and connect. These retreats involve mastermind-style peer-to-peer collaboration and are incredibly powerful and fun experiences. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash retreat. To get information about all eBlog Talk services, go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash services, eatblogtalk.com forward slash services. Now back to the episode. Ryan has been a food blogger for just under a year. He knew when he started blogging, he wanted to be able to monetize as quickly as possible. So he planned to leverage Facebook and Facebook groups to reach 100K page views in only 30 days. Hey, Ryan, how are you today? Thanks so much for joining me on eBlog Talk. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, it's good to have you. We have a super fun conversation coming up, but first we want to know if you have a fun fact to share with us. My fun fact, I guess, would be I love doing woodwork. It's kind of been a passion my whole life. And uh, me and my wife just recently remodeled our kitchen and I built all the cabinets for it. And it was super fun to kind of go through the whole transformation. That's awesome. So do you have a favorite type of, I don't know, final piece or something that you enjoy doing? I love building furniture. Like there's something like so relaxing and kind of stress relieving about it that it's just kind of fun to see something that you start with and kind of end up with and have in the end, you know? I feel like everyone needs that sort of 
maybe not word working necessarily, but like having an idea and putting it into use and action and then seeing it. And that's kind of like food blogging. Like you have an idea about this creative project that can become a business and, you know, like it's kind of the same thing in a way, kind of twist, twisted it there. <laughs> it really is. It's kind of fun to come up with new things and create stuff. So yeah, it's, it's probably why I like both. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of us can relate to that too and why we're like creative people and some of us are artists and woodworkers and yeah, there's so many different routes you can go. But so let's talk about this amazing title, which is how to get 100,000 page views in 30 days. Uh, a lot of people will probably read that and hear that and be like, what are you talking about, Ryan? So you have kind of a backstory with this that I would love for you to talk through. So how did you get to the point where you were like, you know, I need to do this to make this happen? So how it started was I, for my job that I currently did or used to do, um, I used to go to a lot of uh, social media conferences, things like that, learn up on, you know, the latest trends and all that. and. I went to a seminar with Rachel Farnsworth was teaching it. I don't know if anybody knows her. She yeah. runs the blog, The Stay-at-Home Chef. And she was talking about Facebook and kind of the industry I was in was in lighting. And we kind of had the attitude of how do you get people interested in lighting? So we were really trying to learn about it and try to learn the best thing to do and best practices. And she gave a, a talk and she said, if your content isn't doing well, you have to be able to look at yourself and say, my content sucks. Hmm. And I really kind of thought, man, that's kind of harsh. Like <laughs> but she really <laughs> laid it out on the line. And so I got talking with her and was, and this was probably five years ago. So it was long before I ever got into the food blogging world and kind of started picking your brain. And I, I, was like, you know, you, you just can't make lighting fun. You can't make home decor fun. And she kind of gave me a weird look and was like, yes, you can. And she ended up pulling up several sites. Like one was a police officer or a police department. And she's like, they have millions of followers. If they can do it, you can do it. Hmm. And so that always kind of stuck with me. And we kind of grew from there. And so then when I decided I wanted to get into food blogging, I started really diving into the numbers of who's doing well, why are they doing well, what are they doing, you know, how many followers do they have, what practices are they doing, kind of tried to replicate what they were doing. And so I looked at other food bloggers that had millions of followers on Facebook and they were getting very little traction. And so I kind of dove into what they were doing. And I decided, okay, I need to not do what they're doing because what they're doing is not working, which went back into, you have to be able to look at your content and realize it sucks. <laughs> uh, it's harsh, right? It's so true. Sometimes we just have to be able to say that to ourselves, even though we put so much heart and energy and love into our content. Sometimes it just isn't what we need to be doing, right? Yeah. And, and one thing I realized is it it might not be that your content is not good, it's just how you're promoting your content might not be the right direction for what stage you're in. So when I started, I decided if I'm going to do this food blog, I need to figure out how to monetize this the fastest way I can and grow it the fastest way I can. And kind of with my background in marketing, doing the lighting and stuff, I knew 
that Google was going to be a long, hard road and it wasn't going to be kind of an instant traffic boost. And I knew Instagram would kind of be the same way. And from talking to other people, they don't get a huge amount of traffic from Instagram to their site. So I really focused on Facebook and what I could do there. And so when I started my site, I decided to really niche down my site and look at, okay, how can I push this and how can I grow this the fastest? And so diving into all of the other food bloggers pages and all that, I realized most of them were growing, if not a lot, it getting a lot of traffic from Facebook groups. And so I kind of dove into different Facebook groups and looked at like, okay, this niche will do well if I post content in this niche and found every group that I could and started like kind of putting my name in there and interacting with all of the people that are in this group before I ever posted. So like people knew who I was kind of had an idea what I was doing and all that. So I started putting my site together and I took, I I kind of realized I needed to get enough content where I could post every day in these groups and not repeat the content. So I kind of spent the first two weeks building up 20 different recipes and I kind of felt like, okay, that was enough. And then from that point on, I could kind of fill in the recipes from there and uh, keep posting. So then I started posting in these Facebook groups and interacting with other food bloggers and people that were in these groups and it just blew up kind of exponentially. So from the day one that I started, I went from basically zero traffic on my site to within 30 days, I'd reached about 120,000 page views. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, and that was completely all Facebook group driven. And so it's just been a crazy ride from there. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And how long ago was this? So I started in April of last year. So my site's been going for almost a year now. Like the end of this month, it'll be a month, a a year. And has that traffic sustained itself or has it gone up or down? It's gone up. Wow. So are you finding traction through Google or Pinterest or is it mostly through Facebook? So I get currently right now, Google is my number one Facebook or I guess page view driver followed by Facebook. And right now I'm getting in the high 300,000 page views a month from Facebook. Wow. Just from Facebook alone? Just from Facebook alone. Oh my gosh. And that's participating in groups. And now my Facebook page is really starting to take off because I'm implementing some strategies in there that I've worked with other food bloggers on, like what they're doing. And it's really helped a lot. And just talking to other food bloggers, like I've kind of like kind of found a group of people that we really work with each other and help each other out and bounce ideas off each other and really kind of promote each other, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. I found that the best way in those groups is Facebook is a social network and you have to be social. And so like the more you are helping other food bloggers, the more they're helping you and it just helps you grow in those, those groups and you'll, you'll gain relationships. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned in this industry is 
everybody's so willing to help each other and help each other grow and because we all kind of benefit from each other. So true. So when you talk about helping others within Facebook, what are you referring to? Are you referring to just sharing other people's links? So in like in the groups that I found that helps the most is I will post like my post in Facebook and then I will comment on everybody else's posts and then they'll come kind of comment on my posts and it will kind of help the algorithm kick in where it's helping other people see or push your post in that group and it will sort of go viral. I've had several posts go very viral where it's had thousands of shares, but that's kind of rare in a group. So I, okay, I have a few questions about the groups. Okay. First of all, amazing, Ryan, that you just, I mean, this is, as you know, it's an anomaly story. (laughs) Most stories do not (laughs) unfold like this. So hats off to you for figuring this out and I just, yeah, just that like super high five. How many groups are you in? How many do you kind of manage and do you track what you do in each group? So, yeah, I do track what I do. I have basically a giant spreadsheet of I'm going to share this recipe in this group and I kind of stagger my recipes. So I'm not posting the same recipe over and over in all the same groups. So it kind of doesn't become redundant. So I break it down. I found that if I post one to, into to like one to two groups an hour, Facebook kind of likes that a little bit more. Cause like, if I just do them all at once, it kind of suppresses my posts. So I like, I will do it throughout the day. And I found about 12 different groups that are really good groups. There's a lot of them that don't give me a lot of traffic but there's some, and most of them are because they're more of a niche group for like either a type of cooking or like a type of food, things like that. Those seem to do the best in groups that there's a lot of interaction in. So kind of one tip that I would give people is like when you join the group, a lot of the really good groups will have rules that like you can't spam and kind of by that, they kind of ask you to give more than you put into the group or like, so you're commenting and interacting with other posts more than you're. And those groups are the ones that seem to do really well. The groups that don't do well are groups where a lot of food bloggers just come in, drop their posts and kind of run and don't interact with anybody. So you have to invest time and energy. Yes. There's, I invest a lot of time every day in these groups, but it pays off. I was going to ask that. How much time? Can you give us an estimate? I would say I probably throughout the day I invest three to four hours. Okay. Yeah, that's significant. Yeah. But it's worth, you know, one of the biggest things that I ever heard was on um, the Top Rank podcast. Yeah. They they mentioned, I can't remember the exact number, but they talked about how if you spend three hours, you know, putting your posts together and doing your pictures, you should do three times that marketing your content. And so that kind of stuck with me and it's, it's been a good strategy for me. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good ratio. I feel like I certainly don't do that, <laughs> I never have, <laughs> but I should probably take note there. So how do you know which groups do well? Do you track with UTM parameters or any like link tracking or how do you determine that? 
Yes. So I will every day go in and I track it with Google Analytics. Sometimes, depending on the recipe, I'll put a UTM on it. And sometimes I won't, but I will track like the traffic and where it came from within Google Analytics. And so then I will track recipes that do really well. And I kind of highlight those and I will push those more often. Because basically what I do is I kind of run down all of my recipes and go through all of them. But if I have one that's like a superstar, I will, you know, throw that in the mix every 30 days or whatever. Gotcha. And kind of highlight that more. Yeah. I found that too on other platforms. Like if something does really well on like Pinterest, for example, then maybe keep posting that on Pinterest. And that's a strategy that one of my mastermind members started noticing. Like one of her recipes was always like went viral on Pinterest. So she's like, okay, well that worked well. So then she just kind of takes it, maybe like resizes the image or something in the pin or the or the static pin or whatever, and then repurposes it. And it still always does well. So just finding those things that consistently do well on a certain platform and just focusing on those over and over and over. Yeah, definitely. And one of the other things that I've learned in Facebook, the tighter the shot, like the closer up of the picture like kind of gives detail seems to do better than like more of kind of like a setting shot. Mm. Okay. That's interesting because I think the same for Pinterest and I've never been like a big scene setting person. I always have tried to get in on like the drip that's coming down or like the texture and the cake or, you know, like really close up things like that. I find that people think are really mouthwatering and attractive So that's interesting. Hey, awesome people. Let's pause for a moment to chat about my favorite keyword research tool that has brought me a lot of magical traffic recently, Rank IQ. One of my favorite things about the tool is the ability to check Google rankings and do a traffic analysis right inside Rank IQ. It connects directly to my Google Search Console account with one click of a button and about a three second wait. While I was doing this just this week, I scrolled down to the section titled pages with the most traffic in the last 28 days. And I thought it was pretty cool what I saw. On the first screen, 20 of my URLs are listed. I could keep scrolling over to many subsequent pages, but just on that first page, I noticed that nine of the 20 URLs are keywords I found in Rank IQ and created based on that initial finding. Five others are older existing URLs that have been on my blog for ages and that I've recently run through the Rank IQ optimizer. That is a significant number and it tells me that the attention I'm giving to Rank IQ's keywords and optimizer are paying off. Head over to rankiq.com to get obsessed with this amazing keyword research tool. Don't forget to dig into some of those extra features like the Google rankings and traffic analysis. Start running reports and watch the traffic come your way. Now back to the episode. And I think the best, I think the way I think of it is you kind of have to catch somebody's attention pretty fast on Facebook because they're scrolling through and like, if it's not a close up shot, you're not getting that, you know, wow moment of I need that. And they just kind of scroll past it. But if you have that kind of tight shot, you can grab their attention better. Yes. So that's such a good perspective. And then you mentioned your your own Facebook page, it's grown pretty quickly as well. What types of content do you put there and how often do you post there? So I recently kind of changed my strategy on my 
personal Facebook page, or I guess my site's per page, I've started posting pictures every three hours or new posts every three hours. And I will start posting other people's posts kind of in there. And I will find kind of a post that's gone like either viral or semi-viral that has like 500 shares or more. And then I will try to post a piece of content every day that doesn't take people away from Facebook to kind of keep the algorithm happy. Whether that's like I ask a question or I put a meme in there or something like that. And those are what have really kind of grown my, you know, personal page on there. Like I'll get thousands of likes and comments on just a little meme. And those, those kind of, once that kind of goes viral, my next piece of content does better. And then it'll, you'll kind of see it slow down as the day goes on. And then the next day I'll post another one and it'll really pick up from there. Oh, interesting. So you're, you're really just like tuning in and seeing like patterns and what works and just repeating those. Yeah. That's super smart. I think now in the time we're in where things are just like, they're kind of hard to figure out, I think sometimes, and there's so much saturation that this is what we need to do. We just need to like pay attention, maybe do one or two things and just really focus in on what is working and what's not. So like, it sounds so simple, right? But then like to actually follow <laughs> through with that is not simple in my head. <laughs> I think the hardest part, like from talking to other food bloggers is it's hard being consistent. And so like I would highly recommend using like Facebook scheduling tool or, you know, like a third party app to do that and like kind of batch content your stuff. So like if you do get busy during the day or if you're going to go away on vacation or you have plans that like that content's always there and you're not missing a day and you're consistent. I found that's one of the biggest things that has helped have helped my page is just being consistent. When I'm not consistent, I can definitely see, and it hurts for a few days, my traction growing it. I actually like hearing this because that is the theme of so many food bloggers that I talk to. That's the theme of their year is consistency because we're seeing more and more that the more consistent you are with fill in the blank, the more success you're going to have. And I think that's only going to get more and more true. Yeah, like Facebook or otherwise, all everywhere, every platform, every strategy, consistency is where it's at. Yeah, I've seen the most growth across all of the platforms from that. Like my Pinterest is not huge, but it's consistently growing because I'm consistent on there. Uh, same thing with Instagram all across the board. So it definitely works. Right, it does. But you, you said it earlier, it's hard for a lot of people to be consistent because we get into it and we lose sight of like maybe it's not working right away or whatever and we're just like oh I'm gonna give up it's so much easier just to abandon a strategy than it is to just keep doing it with the faith that it's going to eventually pan out right yeah definitely and I think that's the advantage of kind of using groups in Facebook is because you already have the built-in audience in some of these large groups. Mm. So as long as you're consistent, you have the audience where like on your own page that you're building up, you don't have the audience and it's going to be slower on your own page because you're slowly building that audience and Facebook isn't going to show all of that content to every person. And so 
you can get rapid growth in those groups because you have active members in those groups. Yeah, that is such a good point. It's a built-in audience that you don't have to work super hard to bring in. I have a question about your content. So you just started a year ago. How in the world do you have enough content to circulate through all of these groups so often? So that was part of my um, strategy. (laughs) And it's been rough. I'm not going to lie. So I made a goal of I was going to post four pieces of new content every week. So it's a struggle. But like to reach my goal where I wanted to get, I knew that I'd have to do that. And there's some weeks where I've only done three, but that's part of like, I knew I needed to be, to be consistent. So I had that content and to kind of reach that goal. Yeah. That's a lot. (laughs) I was like doing the math (laughs) in my head, but I mean, honestly, if you have the focus for it, you have the time for it and you're not really paying attention much to like Instagram or other platforms, then I can see where that would be doable. There is a time in my life when that would have been feasible for me. So it's like you've prioritized this and you're just like you're committed and you're consistent. Yeah, definitely. There's some some weeks where it's really rough, but like my ultimate strategy is is I wanted to be make this a full-time job and do that as fast as I could. And kind of like I just wrote my goals down and I look at it every week and there's some weeks where me and my wife talking like, you know, this is super hard, but like once I get rid of my other job. This is going to be amazing. And it's just going to be normal, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yes. Things will shift for the better for sure. So ad network, did you get into an ad network pretty quickly? I did. So in with the first 30 days, I kind of ran into the problem was my site wasn't 90 days old. That was my first struggle. (laughs) So the only ad company that would kind of overlook that was AdThrive. And so within 30 days, I had ads. Well, it was within 45 days. I had ads running from AdThrive. I met their threshold and they've been amazing. Yeah, good. I love AdThrive too. And so we always hear like if you have a lot of social traffic that the ad networks don't necessarily like that. Did you find that was the case? It was a little slower at first. Like my RPM wasn't super high, but over time it has grown where like it's pretty comparable to a lot of the other bloggers that I've talked to that are bigger bloggers. So I think a lot of it has to just do with the trust on your site with the ad network and stuff like that. So like I definitely, after about three months saw a huge jump in RPM. Good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because I know that's always a concern when I chat with people who are like, this strategy, this Facebook group strategy sounds really good, but I want it to be like quality traffic. I'm getting the most out of my RPMs and all of that. So it's really good to hear your story. I think the biggest thing that I found that affects my RPM within Facebook groups is if I'm in a group that has a lot of like international people in it, say like in Europe or Australia, when I post in those groups, I do see my RPM go down because it's not showing the Uh, same type of ads because of the whole cookie issue and all of that stuff over there. But like that's when I see the biggest dip and I've really kind of stayed out of those groups now. So like if you find quality groups that are, you know, kind of us based, which most of them are, I don't think you're going to see that dip in RPM. Okay. And then do you have any tips for 
people as far as like how much to interact inside the group. So you mentioned like giving a fair amount of time to the group so that people trust you and all of that. But do you reply to every comment? Like how extensive is that part of it? So I try to reply to every comment if somebody comments on my post. And if it's another food blogger that comments on my post, I will go to their post and comment on their post. And I found that really kind of helps kick in the algorithm with them kind of pushing your stuff when everybody's kind of interacting with everybody. I don't always get to everybody, but I try to make it to everybody, especially in like probably five groups that do really well that are my best groups that I'm in. But I would highly, highly recommend like interacting. Like you can tell like, other food bloggers that come in and just drop their posts and then don't ever interact. They don't get a ton of traffic on their posts, but like the food bloggers that are interacting with other food bloggers and interacting with people that are in that group are the ones that do really well in them. Give love to get love, right? Yep. That's right. (laughs) It applies everywhere. (laughs) And then your descriptions, I've just been looking through your Facebook page and noticed that you do pretty quick, succinct descriptions. Is that kind of your standard? I've gone, that's one kind of test that I'm doing right now that I've noticed. And it kind of varies because in some of the Facebook groups I'm in, if you do a longer description, it seems to do well. But I've kind of come to the conclusion that if you put the link first and then do a description, you will get a lot more traffic from that. And so then I'm testing shorter descriptions because I'm kind of seeing some pretty large bloggers that are doing that. And kind of seeing that and I'm kind of mixing it up with sometimes I'll just do an image or like I'll do another time I'll do like a graphic with lots of text and like it'll say what it is on the picture and kind of put the ingredients in it. And so like I'm kind of getting mixed results with that, but it seems like the tight picture is the best one that you kind of draws people in. Okay, so yeah, more experimentation and just seeing what's working. And then I noticed you have... You mentioned this earlier, but you have other people's content. So you have like the Recipe Rebels image and then you link to her URL. How do you decide which images and URLs to link to from other people? It goes back to that. Like I try to find recipes that are have gone viral. So like say, for example, the Recipe Rebel, I'll go to her page and look for recipes that have 500 plus shares or more and that's kind of like my starting point of like things that I share and then you'll kind of see it take off from that and then it goes back to like if you show love you get love back and like so the biggest thing that I found of if you're sharing larger bloggers posts sometimes they'll come back and comment on your post and then it'll kind of blow up from there it kind of like shows your traffic to their readers, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of hit and miss, you know. And the other thing I would I would highly recommend is, you know, really network with other food bloggers and try to like I shoot for the moon sometimes, you know, like <laughs> I'm not a huge food blogger. I don't have a huge following on Facebook on my own Facebook page. But like I try to find people that are similar size as me and really interact with those people. And they they always come interact on my page and that really helps it. And then when you get that, you know, huge moonshot of like, you get one of these 
million follower food bloggers that come in and they'll come on your thing. It really seems to take off. A couple themes are happening. The love, give love, get love. (laughs) That's a big one. And just do more of what's working and stop doing what's not working. Are there any other details that we're missing either about the Facebook groups or posting on your own Facebook page that you think would be helpful for other food bloggers to know? Those have been the biggest help. And then just be consistent. Like I would just pound in, be consistent. Like I know I like on my own page, I got very discouraged because it was like I'd post and post and post and I'd get one or two likes. And then like I changed my strategy. I went back to like, okay, this isn't working. What can I do different on my own page? And that's when it really kicked in. And then I started getting lots of likes and lots of shares. And you're going to run through times on Facebook where like, Facebook does not like you for some reason. And I don't know why, <laughs> and, but it like kind of goes for like through spurts, like you'll do really well for like two weeks. And then all of a sudden, like you'll, your traffic will really drop off. And I don't know if that's because I'm kind of interacting too much and I'm getting, getting hit with a spam filter or like, it's just not showing my stuff, but I like, as long as I'm consistent, I still get traffic. And then all of a sudden that traffic will come kind of back. Moody or Facebook is just moody, right? And giving you the cold shoulder occasionally. (laughs) I feel like every platform has their mood swings that we just have to deal with. Like what's going on with Instagram this week? I don't know. Having a bad week. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely that something. Yeah. Something moody wise is going on. This is so great, Ryan. I think that... People are going to hear this and be like, first of all, what? Are you sure this is right? Listen to the interview and be inspired by this. And we just really appreciate you digging in and taking the time to figure out all of this stuff. And thank you for sharing this because I know a lot of people who kind of learn little tips like like can be the anomaly are afraid to share it because they just want to be the only one to know that. So thank you for sharing this. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I come across that quite often. It's like, no, I'm going to hold this to my chest. And you are willing to open up and share your best advice. So we really appreciate that. No problem. And I would just recommend reaching out to other food bloggers because there's a lot of them that are really like, I had a hard time finding anything on Facebook on how to grow Facebook. Like there's not a lot out there, Yeah, but like, you've reached out to some of them and some of them won't do anything, but there's a lot of them are like, yeah, try this. This is what works for me. And then just be consistent. It doesn't hurt to ask. I've noticed. And like you said earlier, food bloggers generally are very, very open and willing to share and yeah, just share what works. So it doesn't hurt to just reach out and say, Hey, what works for you? And the worst that can happen is they ignore you, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a great and inspiring conversation. We really appreciate you, Ryan. Do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with today? Just keep on grinding and it'll pay off. Like that's all I can say is just be consistent and grind and like you'll make it. Yes. Love it. No matter where you're at, Facebook or otherwise, right? That's right. We'll put together show notes for you. If you want to look at those, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash slow cooker meals. Tell everyone where they can find you, Ryan. You can find my Facebook at Ryan Slow Cooker Meals or on Instagram, which is Ryan Slow Cooker Meals as well. And then, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being here. And thank you for listening. Food bloggers, I will see you in the next episode. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you posted it to your social media feed and stories. I will see you next time.